the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter at Radio NL News. It's the NL Morning News with Howie Reimer on 610 AM. One degree, 642. Bill, Bill uh, also joining me here. And we do have some flurries and showers this morning, then a mix of sun and cloud, but it's been unusually cool. Quite a bit of snow up on the Coquihalla and the number one as well. All right. Uh, as you've heard, health officials discouraging travel unless absolutely necessary. And Italy, the world's hotspot right now when it comes to COVID-19. Reports of a, a slowing trend in China, but who knows what to believe coming out of China. What about uh, the most western parts of Europe and also Scandinavia? Well, let's bring in our Danish correspondent, former NL News Director, Shane Whitford. Good morning, Shane. Good morning, Howie. How are you doing? Nice. Uh, good. Uh, nice to hear that you're not coughing. <laughs> yeah, so far so good. Fingers crossed. But man, oh man, is it ever! I mean, think about how fast this thing has spread, especially in Italy. Um, you guys are far away from it, but over here, virtually every European country has cut ties with Italy. I mean, nobody's going. No airlines are flying in there. Uh, the entire country, in the matter of three weeks, went from watching the coronavirus to being the second most impacted country. Uh, just look at the numbers in front of me. They got 631 deaths including almost, what was it, it was, a, it was 140 overnight last night. Wow. Uh, so over 10,000 cases in the entire country. It went from northern Italy being in lockdown to an unthinkable a few days ago, and now the entire country of Italy is, is in lockdown. Uh, you can't go into it, you can't come out of it, you can't fly into it, nobody's flying there. Uh, everybody's working from home. It is unfathomable. Matter of fact, I just got finished reading a Facebook post from a woman on the ground near Milan, and she is just saying it is awful there. The hospitals are, and she's not the first person I've I've read on social media on the ground. They're saying this: the hospitals in Italy are swamped, like the ICUs, the, the intensive care units. They're about 200% of capacity in some cases. Doctors and nurses are working around the clock. Uh, that, of course, takes a, a physical and mental toll on them as they deal with patients. Uh, saw a Twitter stream from a health professional in that part of the world saying that it's almost like it's almost like being on a battlefield. They're making trauma like decisions saying this person's worth saving, this person's we just don't have the resources to deal with them and uh, they're too high a risk. So uh, we're just not going to treat them at all. So they're having to make these crazy life and death decisions there. Uh, it sounds pretty awful and of course that uh, because it is within the European Union it's causing a big impact across Europe and uh, I know yesterday here in Denmark uh, some major changes including ceasing all air operations in and out of Italy uh, as well as all other red zones so no flights uh, coming in from Iran, uh, some provinces of South Korea, some areas of Spain, uh, places like that. So they're putting on some pretty heavy restric uh, restrictions because everyone's looking at Italy and going we don't want to have to be in a position to do what they're doing or worse. Right. I, I'm a little surprised that it hasn't, you know, they're not taking precautions uh, within other countries that haven't been affected yet because it can spread so quickly. But you just returned from Poland. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, what about traveling within the EU? It's uh, Was it pretty easy yeah. to get around? Yeah, no, it's totally easy. It's funny because my wife gets a, a daily sort of newsletter in her email from the New York Times. And the day before we left, she popped it open in the morning at work and looked at it. And the very first picture, coronavirus-related, is a big medical screening at Krakow Airport. So we're thinking, oh, man, here we go. But we flew uh, into Krakow and about a week later out of Krakow. 
and no testing. Uh, the airport was humming. There was a, ton, a ton of people jammed in there. So there's no visible sign there. That said, it's the first topic of conversation with everybody we talked to, everybody uh, on our trip, uh, everybody back here in Denmark. Um, uh, you were saying how fast it spread. Denmark got its first case February 27th, so 12, 13 days ago now. Uh, and in that space of time, we've gone from one case, the first reported case, February 27th, and let's see the numbers in front of me now. We've got now 340 confirmed coronavirus cases, uh, another 800 in quarantine. Uh, no deaths here in Denmark yet, but the more those numbers mount, the, the higher the likelihood that that is. So, uh, and more seriously, Holly, I mean, uh, quarantine's been the sort of the first defense, right? You're looking at, okay, we don't want people coming from out of these, corner, these countries where they're most at risk. Uh, but we're now getting reports in the United States, uh, in Sweden yesterday, and in Denmark this morning, uh, they're reporting cases uh, of infected coronavirus patients who have not traveled anywhere. No known link to a uh, coronavirus hotspot. And what that sort of hints at is a high likelihood that the quarantine has failed and that the virus is now in various countries just circulating. Uh, and it's no longer a matter of sort of rubbing shoulders with somebody who came from a China or in Italy. It's just out there now. Hey, Shane, it's Bill. Um... Now you've been uh, you you've been living in uh, in Denmark now for about uh, about nine months, and we were talking about how Italy's uh, healthcare system has been completely overwhelmed. How confident are you in uh, yeah. in in the healthcare system where you are? Uh, fairly confident. Uh, Denmark is is a lot more orderly than Italy. Having traveled in Italy, it's almost genetic that <laughs> they don't like rules. I remember even the train system was a nightmare to try and figure out. But uh, elsewhere in Europe, things are a little more orderly. Here in Denmark, my wife and I often sort of um, kind of laugh at some of the Danes because they are just so rules and regulations. Like everybody is so abiding by every letter of the law. Um, so in, in that aspect, like I think there's a really high functioning. Um, very, uh, a lot of resources, a lot of equipment here. But that said, uh, Bill, to your point, I mean, uh, what you see in Italy is a massive upscaling of infected cases. And I don't care um, how good your health system is, even in Canada or even in the United States, uh, there is a breaking point where you simply don't have the beds, where you simply don't have the staff, where you simply don't have the respirators to deal with it. And I caught uh, Danish Prime Minister Meta Frederiksen's comments in the big press conference yesterday. And one of her key points was in taking the measures that they did uh, was to be cognizant that if there is a massive countrywide outbreak here in Denmark and we see cases in the 10,000 or the 20,000 or whatever number, a huge number, that uh, that even the system here would get overwhelmed pretty quickly. So there's no there's no guarantees that any one medical system can contain it. I mean, the numbers explode as fast as they have in Italy, for example. Um, you know, all bets are off. Right. As far as the, the Canada and Denmark, though, even before the outbreak, um, would you say that they're quite similar, though, as, as far as they operate? And do they operate as close to uh, the margins or are they in better shape? No, I mean, uh, Denmark is sort of a, it's a northern European welfare state. So there's um, there's a lot of public infrastructure. Taxes are really high here. They're venture around just under to just over 50% of your income on taxes. And you get a lot of stuff for that, you know, free university, uh, gold-plated healthcare system. Uh, I know that uh, when my parents visited in October, my dad had a really nasty fall and was three days in the hospital, which was sort of my first exposure to the Danish healthcare system. And we went to the hospital 
uh, in Aarhus, which is Denmark's second biggest city in, in Jutland. And I was honestly, guys, I was blown away by this thing. I mean, it is seriously the biggest, most robust, most unbelievable hospital I have ever set foot in. I mean, Vancouver General Hospital would fit in one wing, and this thing had at least... I mean, they were all they were all alphabetical, but we were in K wing, and it still went on after that. I'm not sure where it topped out. <laughs> I mean, this hospital was massive. It's the single biggest hospital infrastructure project, and it had a helicopter pad that looked like the Millennium Falcon could land on it. I kid <laughs> you not. So, I mean, that, that gives you some idea of how good the healthcare system is here. Uh, it is tip top. But again, I revert back to. I mean, if you if you see an explosion in cases where I'm just going to pull numbers of the air here. Let's say. You know, 10 days from now, we have 100,000 people infected. Uh, I don't care how big or how fancy or how good your healthcare system or how big or how fancy your hospital is or how many health workers you have. I mean, your system is going to be overrun. There isn't a system in the world that's prepared to take that kind of an uptick in, in any kind of disease cases. Yeah. Uh, if any cancellations of public events? Yeah, in Denmark, like a lot of other places, I know Seattle, down in Washington State now, they've made it 250, and so no, no gatherings over 250 people. Uh, here in Denmark, like other jurisdictions, there's no more gatherings of 1,000 or more. Um, that right now is not a terribly big deal. We're not exactly in the tourist hot season. You know, people aren't flooding airplanes to get over here. It's not in the middle of summer. Um, that said, how we, uh, Denmark sort of prides itself on a very vibrant music culture scene, and they have a lot of really big music concerts. The biggest European rock concert of all is in Roskilde, which is about an hour from here. And I know about three months ago they were, um, and this may kind of go against the sort of rock scene of the festival, but they were uh, proudly announcing they'd signed Taylor Swift to headline the event. So. Uh, that gets a ton of people every single year. And that's just one of maybe 15 to 20 music festivals, like big music festivals this country does every year. Uh, so we're not in the territory where we're going to see those. But that said, we don't know how this thing is going to play out yet. There's a lot of question marks. So right now, not a terribly big deal. We start getting into uh, May or June or July. Uh, and a lot of experts are saying it should die out by then, not go away because uh, they're expecting it to peak next winter, not, uh, not this not this time around. Um, if we start going into the summer months and it doesn't behave like it should, then I think we're going to start seeing some major impacts. Already there's major impacts. I mean, uh, yesterday, a, uh, um, for you guys who don't know back home, uh, there's a lot of budget airlines here in Europe. You can fly all over the place for next to nothing. We went to Poland, three of us for... And it's slightly less than $100 Canadian to give you an idea of how wow. cheap airfare here is. So there's planes flying all over the place. Uh, a budget airline carrier named Norwegian Airlines has scrubbed 3,000 flights between now and the middle of June. That's just based on a lack of demand. That means there's a whole bunch of people out there, whether they're in Europe or outside of it, who are saying, Ooh, this coronavirus thing is scaring the crap out of me. Uh, I think I'm going to hold off on my travel plans. And I assume that if a budget airline out of Norway is seeing that kind of hit, then international airlines, as well as other budget operators in Europe, are, are going to see a side switch too. Matter of fact, I think I saw a number out of the, uh, some kind of international airline association that was forecasting as high as $113 billion revenue loss for airlines. Shane, are, are you and uh, Catherine, are you buying up all the toilet paper you possibly can? <laughs> <laughs> What's with the toilet paper stuff? What's going on back there? I don't know. Is it not? Is, is it not happening in Europe? Are people not panic buying no, toilet paper there? 
No. <laughs> what is toilet paper going to do for you in the coronavirus? You I'm... inhale the thing. Are they making masks out of it? What are they doing with it? <laughs> Hopefully before use and not after. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the I deal will, is. I will say this, though. Um, if you're not panic buying toilet paper, there was a different kind of um, advisory put out by the official Twitter account of the French Ministry of Health yesterday morning in which they and I'm, I'm assuming that they're battling some kind of misinformation this is the official twitter account of the ministry of health uh yesterday morning in france they said they everybody just so you're aware cocaine use does not mean or ward off the coronavirus <laughs> so uh in europe people are going a different direction maybe it's not toilet paper it's something else or maybe there's an enterprising drug dealer who saw some opportunity i don't know <laughs> But it was a big enough upswell that the Ministry of Health in France had to put out a public notice telling people cocaine does not ward off the coronavirus. Well, there was also uh, there was a suggestion that if you're going to buy up toilet paper, also buy up condoms uh, so you don't procreate. Uh, so mm. there's there's that as well. Yeah, the thing that, in all honesty, though, the thing that worries me is every time I go onto social media or even my personal Facebook page, you know, I always see a segment of people who are just you know. Um, spreading crazy misinformation and uh that aspect of social media kind of worries me a little you know it's enough we get all enough serious things to worry about without people kind of clouding the waters with all sorts of stupidity shane really good to talk to you man uh, all the best say say hi to the family uh you as well howie good to hear your voice and uh and you too bill and everybody back at nl a big hi for me and uh good to hear from you guys good to hear from you shane all right we'll talk to you soon shaner there's Shane Whitford, uh, freelance journalist and our Danish correspondent, joining us this morning. Our man in Copenhagen. That's right. And all morning news time is approaching 6.56. Pelling Talk on Radio NL, 6.10 a.m. Local News Now.